Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. Can AI be the solution to a bad interviewing experience? <laughs> Did you know that according to LinkedIn, 83% of talent say that negative interview experience can change their mind about a role or a company they once liked, while 87% of talent say a positive interview experience can change their mind about a role that they doubted. So candidate experience matters. Today's quote, the only source of knowledge is experience. Any idea who said that, Mr. Brennan German? Well, because you gave it to me, it says Albert Einstein. So I'm assuming that's correct. <laughs> You're not supposed to let everybody know oh, that I sorry, told you that. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> the goal is to make you look really, like, super smart. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I read that yesterday. It's Albert Einstein. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission is to provide proven tactical solutions to solve your company's toughest hiring challenges. We share insights from top performing entrepreneurs and industry experts like our guest today, Brennan German, who is the founder and president of Bright Talent Resources, which is a boutique human resources advisory, project management, training, and recruiting services firm. Now, Brennan's particular expertise involves the alignment of talent management strategies to business goals and the implementation of systems and processes to reach measurable objectives, demonstrating clearly the bottom line impact expected of human resources programs. Brennan, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This makes you a great guest on today's topic, which is one that's near and dear to my heart. Right. So today we're going to cover the impact of candidate experience on your ability to hire. We're going to talk about AI. Yeah, a little bit about AI. Let's hope so we get there. Exactly. And then uh, our solution, we're going to provide a solution to creative positive experience for your candidates and your interview process. So let's delve right in. So what is candidate experience, Brennan, and why is it important? Well, candidate experience would be the actual experience a candidate person has when they apply to your company for a job opening that they're interested in. I think it actually starts at the point they read your job description. Um, It depends. You know, you could argue it starts even before that by perception about what brand is already out there, where they referred. So even before a job description, but a job description obviously plays an important part. So it's really the entire interaction with your company. It is the entire interaction with the company, and that's really when you start thinking about the company, and most companies spend a lot of time marketing themselves to their clients, whether it's through uh, a product on the shelf, through an advertisement, whether it's on TV or on the web, or even all these now, these wonderfully new specific channels you can use on social media as well. It's candidate recruiting is very similar to consumer marketing. For a lot of our guests, we're going to cover the main areas, which are going to be job descriptions, the application Mm -hmm. process, the interview experience, and then the feedback and closing. Sure. I read a statistic off of Glassdoor, which was kind of interesting. Nearly 60% of all job seekers have had a poor candidate experience. Correct. And of those 60%, 72% have talked about it or posted on Glassdoor. Correct. So this affects you. And your company in your uh, hiring. It affects everybody, yeah. right? Because I think it's it's rare that people stay with organizations uh, for many years like our past uh, fathers and such. And so everybody is looking for opportunities that are going to meet their immediate needs for anywhere from two to five years and then look to move on. So we have a lot of people, a lot of candidate mobility. And so you have a lot of people 
looking at companies way more than probably before. And so oh, yeah. how we but it's attract a candidate's them market in. and we and the candidates make the decision. And I would argue even when it's not a candidate market, top talent is always looking to make a decision and they're getting influenced by how you portray your company. So very true. Mm-hmm. I will agree with you on that. And I'm looking for reasons to argue with you. So, <laughs> so let's look at the value of AI because AI is kind of a big topic and there's a lot of talk right now in our industry on the recruiting side that AI is going to be the death of recruiters, which I think it's going to be the death of transactional recruiters and some of the things like sourcing and screening. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, AI is uh is really fun and fascinating it reminds me of uh, web 1.0 when we were talking about how the web was going to take <laughs> over the world and in essence it has in a lot of ways but it didn't change things as we thought it would uh, and ai is probably going to come in and phase in very similarly but just to go back to the candidate experience and the process and why there's these issues and you're you're reading off statistics of candidates that had unfavorable experiences So much is that built from the process that the company puts in place to manage that candidate inflow. Well, I think it's the lack of process. You could argue, and I've look, I've been on both sides of the fence where I've built a process for the company and ourselves, not even thinking about the candidate experience, right? Where we were meeting all of our policy requirements, all of our own data reporting requirements. We weren't thinking that, hey, we're asking the candidate to fill out 40 form, you know, forms <laughs> along the way that's taking 45 minutes to even welcome themselves into us <laughs> in terms of uh, what they're going to share w- about themselves in terms of their resume. They've already gone through all these steps. So Yeah, and all those things seem like they're really smart to do to save time for you, but it really wastes a lot of time for the candidate. So that's one of the... Like tests. That's one of the big problems, right? We have this ability to apply to a company and you've got this major process you got to go through. So the companies that are becoming more savvy are obviously streamlining that process from a candidate's perspective. So they're making it more candidate friendly. And so that's really a big push right now for a lot of companies recognizing that air because we are in a candidate's market. So they're really, their hand is being forced. Yeah, and they're doing it out of necessity more than anything Absolutely. Else. That's how it works, right? <laughs> All right, so let's jump back to AI because so I, okay. I really want to explore that a little bit because I don't see AI killing recruiting. I mean, unless you're not hiring people anymore. Right, right. Well, I think you have to look at the application of AI, right? <clears throat> so artificial intelligence, right? So the idea is to establish this technology to supplant some kind of some part of the process. And in supplanting that, then you have the machine learning. So the actual technology is starting to learn from whatever it is you're supplanting. So let's look at sourcing. So if we are if we are sourcing on the internet, the technology is very useful because it's going to go out and source for the requirements that you want it to source for, and it's going to continue to learn this candidate is similar to that candidate. That's where it's going to be very useful. And let's educate our audience on what sourcing is. Sourcing is identifying candidates mm-hmm. and figuring out how to contact them. So in that application, that's great from a company's perspective, sourcing or recruiting for candidates. From a candidate's perspective, that's pretty cool if you can have a search agent that has that same type of technology helping you find opportunities, right, that come to you. So, but the number one complaint of candidates when they do apply as of today is that they don't hear back, where it oh, takes yeah. a long time to hear back. And the deeper they get in the process, the greater the unfavorability. So if you've actually gone through an interview with a company and never hear back about why you didn't get the job or why, what happened to the job? What happened to this interview process you went through? Where did I leave off? That's where that really, that that ratio of significantly unfavorable results comes from and where they're really going to spread 
some bad news about your company and the experience they just had. And if the experience was put together kind of haphazardly or not very strong feedback channel, I mean, if there was no elements in there that they were impressive, yep. then that's when the bad Glassdoor reviews come in. Yeah, so Glassdoor is a very interesting, very interesting, uh, I would say, website in itself. However, we won't go there. But um, so, but nonetheless, there is a place to post bad news, right? Yeah. So, so right now that place is Glassdoor, and they could probably post it anywhere else. I'm just saying Glassdoor seems to be one that uh, seems to be a primary place where people are leaving bad news. And sometimes yeah, and, good news. and a lot of people go to Glassdoor to find out, hey, I'm interviewing at this company. I want to see what they're all about. Exactly. And unfortunately, you can make a few mistakes and be in a bad position. Right. Right. In that situation. Now, where AI gets a little, uh, I think, gets a little squirrely or fuzzy in the process and, and how it's going to be applied is to think of AI as the solution to improve candidate experience. So I don't see that. Well, I'm just saying this is what I mean, it does. It'll help with feedback. Channels this is this is where we are in this, people, yeah. this iteration of AI and how AI is supposed to support the process. So you and I want to argue, but we're aligned on this one. So um, <laughs> in, the, in regards to AI, AI is pretty cool because now you can actually set up a some kind of automated notification system, right? right? Chatbot so, or something. Chatbot notifications where if a can, and this is not new for applicant tracking systems and what they can do. And trying to answer the main problem with candidates' experiences to give them feedback, right? So where they stand, uh, a notification or a chatbot giving this information to the candidate is is being sold as a solution to solving that candidate experience of falling in the black hole or not hearing back. Uh, a lot of the reason why people don't give feedback is because they're scared legally that, well, that they might get sued. How many minutes do we have? Um, I know. So well, we won't uh, delve into that. Digress too, a but little I mean, bit, yeah. but that, that's you know that starts with process and training and and really how important is the hiring process to the company to where they're strategically aligned with the business and and all of the recruiters and and all of the hiring managers are aligned of how a manager or how a candidate is going to be treated. However, in the case of AI, right, when we talk about AI, giving some kind of feedback, whether it's from a human or not, is at least deemed better than getting nothing. So, and giving, it depends on where the stage you are in the, in the process too. I've never heard any, I've never had in my experience, candidates that we give feedback to ever come back and sue a company. Now, where companies run into trouble is when you let a manager just kind of ask random questions without being trained. Yeah. And they ask things that are biased or, you know, they do things yeah. along that line. That's where they get into trouble. Well, I think the bigger issue is this. <clears throat> the bigger issue is that most talent acquisition functions are under-resourced to respond to the volume of candidates that are coming in to the company and being considered. When you're talking about large company environments. Large company and in some <clears throat> cases, smaller companies too, right? That's uh, true. They're advertising you one person. and, and, and you know, they're getting bombarded in their in email inbox. But right? I would argue it only takes five minutes to call somebody and say, hey, look, we're going to release you from the process. Thank you so much for your time, but you're not a fit. And, and I agree. So, so a lot of companies that are aligned with treating candidates that way or are effectively resourced, whatever it is, they allow their, they actually have a limit of how many requisitions a recruiter works on. Mm -hmm. So that recruiter as part of their job responsibility takes that five minutes per day at the end of the day to get back to candidates. Totally agree with you. However, that's a small percentage of companies out there that are designed that way. And so unfortunately, this unfavorable experience by candidates is coming from a larger majority of companies that aren't designed this way. And so it's really fascinating when you think about companies and we talk about them 
and their marketing practices and what social media has done for your marketing and your specific marketing and how you're able to reach out to people and attract them in, all of that, that whole consumer marketing idea and the different channels you can tap is also being applied in recruiting. On the marketing side, we actually have a function called customer service that can respond to the consumers. So you're almost talking about a redesign of the whole recruiting well, structure. Well, I'm going there. So yeah. so if we're actually using these same techniques to attract people in, we have not done a great job at solving for that service to make sure we're servicing the candidates appropriately too. Because uh, a group called the Talent Board that does the Candidate Experience Awards are called Candies. Great group. They've done, they're basically candidate experience advocates and have really laid out standards for what companies, suggestions for what companies should be doing to improve candidate experience. They've got great data to show how many of those candidates are actually consumers too. And when you have a negative candidate experience, how that actually fiscally is impacting you as a consumer as well. So it really should matter to you as a company how you're treating the candidates. And so those companies that are savvy are spending the time. And in fact, I would even argue. The ones that are really savvy are taking the talent acquisition function, the recruiting function, they are unbundling it from HR, and they're making it their own standalone so that it could actually moves up the top of the fiscal line so they're a cost of goods sold because co savvy companies are realizing not only are we a company that manufactures or services X, we're also a staffing company. We better have a good handle on what our applicants are, who they are, and how we're attracting them and how we're retaining them. But you know what? That doesn't apply too much to startups or smaller companies. That Yeah. So I'm speaking yeah. more from Fortune 1000, Fortune yeah. 2000, right? Companies that are probably more established. Startup is a totally different ballgame. But the but earlier they, they can they, apply... They need to understand this, though. It, totally. The candidate earlier, experience is very important. They're in a, a much better company. position, right? It's the larger boat scenario, they're right? They're in a better but a worse position. It, because it if, they don't, if they don't handle it properly, because they don't have a structure and and they don't have anything in place, then what ends up happening is they just end up getting themselves into a lot of trouble. I just got a call from a hypergrowth company in this insane situation. Mm -hmm. has grown incrementally over the last two years to be a decent-sized company. And guess what? They've gone past of all their friends and family to employ. So now they really have to go out and employ people. And they're kind of left standing is still going, how do we do this again? So <laughs> it's better to kind of figure that stuff out early. They call you. Yeah. Or try and try it on your friends and family, you know, because they're probably going to stick around regardless of their experience. But they could learn that way and then they're better to scale as they grow. So you're right. If you're just joining us on the live stream or the podcast, you're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and today our guest is Brennan German. He's the president of Bright Talent Resources. We're talking about candidate experience. So, woohoo, woo which uh, can be woohoo or oh God. <laughs> so, let's lay out a structure for creating an impressive candidate experience right. for a company. And so, most of our audience tends to be smaller companies. Let's kind okay. of target it okay. toward them because I, I really think that's where they need the most help. Big companies are going to do whatever they want to do. Yep. Plus, they have dollars to throw at it. It makes it a little easier. Well, no, that'd be a whole other <laughs> show too. <laughs> so. That's show number three for us. Right, right. Already. We have 2019 booked already. We yeah, do. perfect. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, so for small companies... Um, you know, the biggest challenge that I see, and here's the biggest challenge. Actually, this is this is true of large companies. Here's the biggest challenge. HR is seen as an administrative function, right? It's kind but of, what about before you have HR in place? Okay. So let's step I, back. I, I you you I just kind of threw you. me a curveball. So I, yeah, I was yeah. thinking growing a company that has uh, established employee base. So you're saying before they've even established employees. There, there are some companies that are 30, 40 person companies that don't or have less. an HR. Yeah, yeah or less. Yeah. And well... 
in the state of California, if you have 20 or more, you should really get serious. Uh, now we're dealing with uh, some serious policy issues. So if they're great, well, they so let's it. just take it from employee, five employees mm-hmm. or, or more, you should really start laying. And now I'm going to go into the very practical HR hat, right? In the sense of you better lay out your policies, your process, your handbook now. Oh, let's get away from that. Okay. So when it talks about, <laughs> so, so. You don't want to put everybody to sleep already. I know. So, so get beyond that. So, but in that, you have to start putting together your talent strategy. So that means start building a workforce plan, right? So if you're growing and you're growing quickly, most entrepreneurs like myself, you're not taking the time to really think through, like, what do I need? What is the skills? I'm, I'm, I have these gaps. I'm just going to fill these gaps with people I know. How do you start moving past that? Well, we're looking at, at three buckets, right? You have engagement, you have the interview process, and then you have the release or the closure. Yeah. That's really what companies really need to start thinking about. How do we engage them? Now, let's put some thought into how we do the right. interview process. And then do we disappear or do we let them know that they're out? So, so I think when you start so, talking about employee engagement, interview process and feedback, you got to move forward from the startup, right? Because a lot of that is, is scramble mode and it depends on where they're at and being able to implement those things. I'd rather say, let's go to the 30 employees or more that okay. startups can learn from that. All right. So let's go to there. Okay. Because I feel more comfortable <laughs> talking there. So, so then we're I actually... I see you squirming in your chair. I, I, know, exactly. I don't want to make you feel that uncomfortable. Uh, well, it, not that uncomfortable. All right. So let's say There's so many people. factors that go into a startup, right? In terms of what they're going to do. So let's talk about an estab- a little bit more established startup. Sure. If they're in growth mode, they had 30 employees. So now they're getting a good idea of what their workflow is in the sense of what their client demands are and what types of positions they really are starting to need in place. So they have to take a holistic view of their organization and they have to understand what is it do I need in each type of role and then develop those competencies that are necessary to be successful in those roles. So once you have those identified, then you start recruiting for that type of talent depending on the need. And I would add to that that you really need to do that in conjunction with keeping in alignment with your core company values. 100%. But you'd be surprised how many companies don't have core company values. So let's just start with the competency in mind. So do that first, (laughs) figure out who you are. We talk about that a lot on the show. And Uh, that's essential, right? But if you don't know who you are, (laughs) how are you going to figure out where you're going? You're asking me to go beyond the basics. Uh, You're asking me to get an employee engagement and interview and feedback. So just the engagement. So once you identify what it is you need, now you have to start figuring out what channels do I need to access to go find these people to attract them to my business. What messaging? Exactly. What's going to attract an engineer versus a customer service versus outside sales, right? And what I find works today is if you know who you are as a company and you line that into your messaging, then it, it translates Then well. you're talking about the employment brand and then you're starting to tell the truth of who you are about your culture so that you're going to attract that type of person to your organization. Absolutely. So it, it does start with that. So so employee engagement does start with knowing what we it is you want. We need to argue on something. Let's figure out something here um we need better headsets because you know these are sticking to my ears um so so interview uh in terms of interviewing back, going back to the core competency when you identify competencies you got to interview for those competencies the worst kind of interview you can have is a conversational interview where you're just kind of walking through the person's resume and just conversationally ah. talking you need to actually have structured questions around the competencies to assure mm. that this person actually fits what it is you're looking for other than i like the person right? That doesn't count. It should be harder for you to say no about a candidate than it is for you to say yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. Yes, than it is. I was no. just going to say. I just totally went Where are you hiring? I know, really? I am. Um, <laughs> He's drinking kombucha, but who knows what's in there. Maybe it's been a little Somebody extra fermented. My, I, I think Paul spiked my kombucha. <laughs> so in the feet, so, so once, you know, the interview process is something we could talk, uh, that's show number four now. So we could talk about interviewing, but interview again, 
is just aligning those competencies with what you're asking the questions about so that you can actually assess whether this person's a fit beyond your gut, beyond I like this person. Before that, though, I think it's really important that you define in your set the expectations, both on the candidate and the hiring manager side. So, it's really important that preparation correct. be put in place. You have to have a structure on the interview, and most companies don't. It's like, oh, come in and just sit down and chat with us, and you might talk to one guy for exactly. 15 minutes, another person for 45 minutes. That's not impressive, and you're not there to be buddies with somebody. Exactly. So yeah. so let's. you, you are now... Um, really starting to move back to that employee engagement piece. I started moving the interview, but let's talk about I'm that. I'm in interview. Because even... The structure. But the structure, but you are talked about setting expectations. And I think this mm. is really important. doesn't matter what size organization you are. And I failed to say this before, set the expectation. And what that expectation would be, and by the way, this is true for large companies not doing it either. And they could actually show their workflow on their career center if they wanted to. This is what the flow looks like when you are a candidate coming through our process. If you make it here, it's a possibility you will not be qualified and you will get a no thank you notification. If you have a phone interview, we promise you we'll send you a personal email. If you have an in-person interview, we'll promise you we will send you, we will speak to you by phone, thanking you for your time or qualifying you in further. So setting the expectation for the candidate is is very important, an easy thing to do. It doesn't take that much time to find out your interview process. No, but how cool on a career center if you could do that. So the candidates that are applying that never even hear back, they at least know I only made it this far. At least so I have somewhat of a closure. I know I'm not in this black hole anymore. And if you want to make it really easy, set up predetermined questions and feed them to whoever's in the interview process. You could, you could absolutely. I love behavioral out. questions. I think they're phenomenal. And I always build in a knockout question, yep. which if somebody doesn't make it past that knockout question, you release them at that point in the venture and you yep. let them go. And yep. they, you get the feedback as to what they thought of the interview and you give them yep. the feedback that, hey, you're not a cultural fit. Yep. All right. And then the very, very last thing is closure. And I think the most important thing here is don't ghost candidates. Correct. Even though it's <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> professionally release each person from the process you have to you have to and that can't be done by a bot no or and don't text message or send somebody a post-it note so <laughs> so again the argument is going to be larger companies more structured interview depends on what level they're at but there should be some expectation of closure and what that closure is going to be for each candidate that applies as a company you miss a huge opportunity because if you release a candidate professionally and you both agree that they're not a fit you can then ask them for referrals yep boom all right we're just about out of time for today's show brennan thanks so much for your time investment today and i want to welcome you to the higher power radio community Thanks, Rick. Glad to be here. This was fun. Now I a little am, short, but I like it. I know that there's going to be some people who are going to want to find out about your company and check you out. So how do they reach you? Best way to do is go to our website, brighttalent.com. So that's B-R-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-E-N-T. And uh, you'll be able to check out what we do and, and reach out to us. All right. I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in to this week's episode of Higher Power. A quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Paul Roberts, our new creative director, Ayla Gerard. Our producers, Andrea Ballin and Shanti Ryle. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. We need your feedback to bring more valuable content to you. Join the Higher Power Radio community at Hire, H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O dot com. Or you can check us out on iTunes, uh, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you want to find us. Tune in next week. Our guest is going to be Lyndon Crow, who's the president of Productive Learning. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio. 